0: on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of This Week in Sports. As always, I am your lovely host, The Pody. It is Saturday, February 26th, 2022. Sorry, I couldn't get an episode out last night or yesterday evening, very busy with the softball and things going on, had softball again this morning, so here we are. Episode 162, I believe. Yes, that is correct, and we are going to recap our NBA All-Star weekend, which I would I would classify as a success. We had the really cool NBA all 75, like the 75 years team and everything came out and MJ and all these guys came out. That was pretty cool. Um, But the one competition that was as bad as I've ever seen or well didn't see was the dunk contest. And I knew I wasn't going to plan on watching going in just because I saw who was in it. And. I said Obi Toppin was going to win just off the jump looking at the names, and yeah, Obi Toppin won, but from what I gathered on social media, on Twitter, etc., these guys were missing every single dunk attempt. It it was just a nightmare, Uh, so we're not really going to talk about that too much um, per se, but uh, we'll we'll talk about some other stuff, and, and we'll kick things off right now with the what was it? Uh, Saturday, I believe, with the uh, Taco Bell Skills Challenge, which was uh, really cool. This was a new format. I talked about it last week. I saw that there were teams, and I didn't quite understand exactly how that would uh, differ or change up the dynamic here, but it was a totally revamped and, and new uh, Skills Challenge. So basically, you had three phases of the Skills Challenge, and it was team-based. The first part was a shooting portion, so each team member had to run back and forth shooting from various spots on the court that, that, that were marked off, and they were worth differing amounts of points, okay? Um, the Rooks got things started. They they put up a really solid number, like 30-something, okay? Then you add Team Giannis, who who didn't put up a, a lot of points, and then the Cavs. Darius Garland went absolutely off in this round, and they won that first competition of the skills challenge so they get 100 points for winning the first round okay the second round comprised of a passing portion like an outlet pass or a chess pass there were three spots all in a row And you couldn't pass from the same spot twice. So basically what you would have is you'd have one guy going from the far end to the middle guy from the middle going to one of the ends and you'd have to crisscross and hope you don't run into each other. You'd have to make it into the you know, you'd have to pass it into the uh, into the target and you would get differing amounts of points based on which target you were trying to throw it in. This was kind of cool. Both Team Giannis and uh, the Rooks team, they tied, but it was actually determined that Team Giannis made more outlet passes, so they actually won. This did not eliminate the rookies because there was one round left. This was the final round. This was the relay round, okay? But this round was worth 200 points, and guess what happened? Team Rooks, they paved the way, and they won this round getting those two. 100 points. They blew him out of the water, the other two teams. This set up an interesting tiebreaker between the Cavs and Team Giannis, and the tiebreaker was a three-point shot, I believe, from the top of the key. Surprisingly, though, Giannis did not elect to take this shot. He let his brother and teammate on the box, Thanasis, take the shot, and Thanasis pretty much bricked it, which brought Darius Garland up and he swished it. No problem. That brought up a finals uh, that eliminated team Giannis that gave us team Cleveland uh, team Cavs versus the Rooks team. And of course this was in Cleveland. So it was pretty cool um, to see the Cavs team hanging around there. That would be uh, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jarrett Allen, two bigs and a guard. Now, this was interesting. The final round, uh, this, for all the marbles in the skills challenge, this consisted of a half-court shot. Whichever team made it the fastest won. And the rookies jumped off to a hot start, making a, a half-court shot in just 9.9 seconds. So that was the number that the Cavs had to beat, was 9.9 seconds. I thought it was going to be uh, a tall task, tough order, but they had the home crowd on their side, and Evan Mobley did not disappoint.
1: And with the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. And There's Garland, one side. Go! One, two, three, ready, to go.
2: This is going to be really bad. Oh, it's a winner. The second shot, Evan Mobley wins it for Team Cab. I
1: told you to count.
0: Yeah, so second shot. Uh, not not his. You know that this was literally Evan Mobley's first attempt because Garland went first. It was Mobley's first shot attempt. The second one by the Cavs, they nailed it in like four seconds, and and they get the win there. So that was really cool. I did not think they were going to win that. Um, you know, after the Rooks got it in nine point nine seconds, but the Cavs team was my choice going in when I looked at all the teams. I liked what I saw from from the Cavs team, and uh, so so that was cool that they won that. Um, Next up after the skills challenge would be my favorite contest, the Mountain Dew three-point contest. Now, I told you guys I was torn on this one that I thought a number of players could win, and it was really evenly matched. I, I gave you names like Luke Kennard. Of course, Patty Mills on my nets. I thought maybe Zach Levine, because he was in this a bunch of times. I didn't realize also CJ McCullum. This was his third time in the three-point contest. So I was really between Levine and Kennard and Mills. I ended up putting my money on Patty Mills. I do 25 on Patty Mills just because, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against my 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 net player. So I went with the Nets in Patty Mills and um They didn't really tell me while it was going on what the order was. It was, I guess, random, but they didn't really say it. So every guy that was going, I'm just praying, please don't let Patty Mills be like first or second, please. Okay, so then first up, Luke Kennard and Luke Kennard was the betting favorite. And Luke Kennard. Basically blew the roof off the house in the first round with a really good twenty eight First round points like that was that was the mark to be 28. Now, remember, three point contest. There's eight shooters, only three advanced to the finals. Okay, the next couple of guys didn't impress. Zach Levine really just crapped the bed. Uh, But then Patty Mills went like fourth or fifth and. He missed every shot on the first rack, and I was losing my mind. Like, the anxiety as it's going, I'm like, please, let's go, Patty. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And he did pick it up. He gets to the end, and he misses his final shot, which I was really hoping he nailed, and he finished with 21 points. And I just... It felt good. He was in second at the time, but there were three guys left and I just, I just, something in me did not feel great about this. I was just praying. Then you, you, because you had, you had, uh, you had Fred Van Vliet, I think after him who crapped the bed. So I was okay there. But then you had Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young. And what was so disgusting about this was not only did both of them surpass Patty Mills' 21 and knock him out of the finals, they both made their, Final shot on their final rack as time was expiring. They they literally caught the ball. Okay. They not caught the ball. They picked it up off the rack. They shimmied, you know, took their time and then they settled for the shot and both of them nailed it. They both had like, I think, 20 points and they both nailed that final shot to finish at 22. And that knocked Patty Mills out of the way. I felt a little good because my buddy put money on Van Vliet and Van Vliet really crapped the bed and hit the side of the backboard on one of his shots, which I thought was hilarious. So it could have been a little worse, but it was just really tough luck. Um, And then, of course, somehow Um, I don't know if this technically ruins the three-point contest or we just need better shooters, but how in God's name this happened Freaking Carl Anthony Towns the big man. Okay, the big man Wins the three-point contest. Take a listen. He set a record in the finals He's
1: He's got he has to have the best round of his his shooting life right now Reggie but he can put we, a lot of pressure on him. Let's see if he have a, a 28 round reg, he put a lot of pressure on him. I those think 25 will win it. 25 will win it. 25 will win it. I think we go up for 28. Mm, let's go, big fella. Money racks in the middle, by the way. So he got the nervousness out the way. Yeah. He's more relaxed. He looks even more confused. His spot is coming up. Get hot. Oh, Get he's hot. Do zone ball. Bad. I just yell, I'm but sorry, i money But remember, he missed both of those two balls his first time out and still advanced. First miss on the money rack. Three go. out of four. Make it four out of five? Oh yeah. Okay, he took a different path this time to the it's ball. It's a wrap. Get a rhythm. is a roll. Let's wrap.
2: go. It's a wrap.
1: Ridge, I said 28, Ridge. We need 28. Oh, okay. he might get we thrown. need 28. are available. I'm going to Vegas. Oh. We're in, in the corner. Oh. Money ball. 30-31. Oh. oh, man. You called it. You called it. Oh, it's a wrap. Okay, Cat. Yeah, it's a wrap. He, now, that is called pressure. He wanted to be known as the best big man shooter ever.
0: Yeah, so Cat finishes the final round with 29 points. Oh, my God. Setting a new record. That was Dwayne Wade, who actually somehow picked him to win from the beginning. I will give it to him. He did pick him from the beginning and even called. He's like, we need 28. He's going for 28 and he gets 29. He is the first big man to win this event since Kevin Love in 2012, who was also a member of the Timberwolves at the time. And is he one of, if not the greatest, um, big man shooter of all time? I don't know. That's uh, like that. That's uh, kind of a ridiculous statement at this point. But um, we're in this era and this age of everybody shoots threes and can shoot from long distance. So I mean, it was impressive nonetheless. And um, yeah, so Cat wins the three point contest. It still seems to do it so much disservice. When a big man of his caliber uh, wins a th- a shooting competition that just should not happen. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And he was 13 to 1 betting odds. So FML, if you guys know what that stands for, anybody that would have bet on Carl Anthony Towns, you put $100 on him, you would have made out like a bandit. It's just ridiculous. He had the worst odds of anybody to win versus Patty Mills who I picked who had plus 450 odds which was second best behind Luke Kennard just crazy 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 All right um let's talk about the All-Star game itself cuz we're going to skip over the dunk contest Obi Toppin won that not much else to say I did not I wasn't really into the All-Star game but then um my I think it was my brother texted me and then uh uh my buddy Uh, One of my friends texted me also because it was during the halftime and they had the NBA 75 thing going on. So I was like, all right, I'm going to turn this thing on. And then I kind of just like wasn't interested. The halftime was still going on. And then I just left it on while I was, you know, on my phone and stuff. But then the second half started. And oh, my God, Steph Curry went absolutely berserk. He's no stranger to Cleveland, first of all. He was born, I did not know this, he was born in the same Akron hospital. As LeBron James, three years after LeBron, and of course Cleveland hates him. We saw on Saturday night they were booing him when he came out, um, because he beat Cleveland in the finals. Uh, we know that happened a number of times, but this must have fueled him because not only does he does he go off for 50 points, he came up just two points shy of tying Anthony Davis's 2016 record for the most points in an All Star game. He missed his final six shots. He definitely had a chance to hit a fi- one final three and get the record, but he gets your All Star Game MVP with 50 points, and he set a record, ladies and gentlemen, by draining a ridiculous, a redonkulous 16 three pointers. Take a listen to some of it.
2: You, you call it a blessing. I, I had a few flashback oh, nightmares.
0: The one that honestly went viral, uh, he did it a couple times, but there was one really deep from like almost half court. I think it was the one where he pump fake, got the guy to jump, and then he shot it. And he, as soon as he shoots and releases, he starts running back the other way, not even looking at his own shot. And the ball just goes right through the hoop. I, I Just nobody else in the history of the game that shoots it like Steph Curry. He had one in the corner by the fans. He shot it. He turns around. Just absolute drain. J- j- just just re- it's there's there's no words to express how good he is and people don't realize the level of not only talent but the the actual practice and the skill work that goes into that, that we're talking hundreds and hundreds of shots each and every day. If you watch a biopic on Steph Curry, when he was young, he was skinny, he was frail, he, he wasn't that big. And in high school, he, he really had a push shot from his chest. And his father, who obviously is one of the great shooters of all time, played in the NBA as well, they basically retooled, went back to the drawing board, and recreated his shot i want to say it was from like his junior year to his senior year in high school or something like that or 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 maybe earlier but they reworked his shot so that he would get it over his head before his release and then of course he gets lightly recruited out of high school goes to davidson gets them into the elite eight obviously the rest is history what was he like the seventh pick in the draft i think one spot before the knicks sorry knicks fans but uh, yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. The great part about this ending to the All-Star game was it started to get competitive towards the towards the final stages. And then the fourth, you have that Elam ending and uh, Team Durant kind of blew a lead. And then LeBron uh, gets them back in it. And then he hits the game-winning step back in his hometown. You know, obviously he brought them a championship. But uh, yeah, so, so it turned out to be a great ending. Um, and Steph, of course, gets the new Kobe Bryant, the redesigned Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP trophy. So that was a a cool moment there. And overall, like I said, All-Star Weekend, a resounding success, in my opinion, minus the dunk contest. Can't be perfect. All right, next up, we're going to jump into one of the wildest games of the year between Wisconsin and Michigan. And why? Because this was all anybody was talking about all week long. I believe this was Sunday. Afternoon, in the final minute, Wisconsin gets a big blowout win, 77-63 over Michigan. Well, things got a little scrappy because with 15 seconds left, Greg Gard called two timeouts. They were pretty much unnecessary considering they were up double digits. His second team was in. They were just burning, trying to burn clock and get out of there. So they called two timeouts. In those final 15 seconds. Now, to be fair, Jawan Howard was pressing with his first team still against second stringers. So that's a little unnecessary at the same time. All right. So they're both in the wrong here. So afterwards, they get in line to shake hands. Jawan Howard doesn't want to get in the line. And then he gets to the back of the line. Greg Gard tries to stop him as they go by and try to explain why he was doing it? He claimed that he did it because he was call he called the timeout because he was trying to give his players that extra ten seconds to advance the ball. He wouldn't have had to do that was Jawan Howard not pressing. So again, like I said, there were, there were both they both coaches were a little bit at fault here. Um, and as Greg Gard stops him in the line, Jawan Howard puts his finger in his face, says "Don't touch me," yada yada yada. All hell breaks loose. Enjoy this next minute and a half. So I apologize for any cursing you might have heard at the beginning of that between the coaches. I thought there was going to be commentary over that. Um, must have been in another video. but So you really didn't need to just hear it was just a lot of nonsense and yelling by fans and all this other stuff. But if you saw it, it was epic. Um, Juwan Howard actually slapped or tried to slap um, an open-handed like slap or punch, whatever you want to call it, at Wisconsin assistant Joe Krabenhoft. Um, players got involved. A couple of actual real punches were thrown. No one was injured, but it was an ugly scene. Both coaches spoke afterwards. Jawan Howard did not apologize. And eventually he was suspended for the rest of the regular season, meaning the the final five games. Greg Gard, on the other hand, was not given a suspension. He was fined $10,000 and two of, um, Michigan's players were suspended for, for their, Next game against Rutgers, which just a total embarrassing loss by Rutgers the other night, now dropping two in a row. They lost to uh, Michigan without Jawan Howard and without two players. Those two players that did not play because of uh, suspension were, were, um, excuse me, were... And of course, they they played. Ah, uh, one of them had a big impact in um their first game. Ah, uh, Terrence Williams. The second was one of them, as well as. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Uh, ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. oh come on, how am I forgetting this guy? Um, hmm, give me one second. This is not hard to figure out. I don't know why I'm forgetting this name. Okay, the other one being, yes, uh, Musa Diabati. Yeah, um, Diabate and yeah, that's exactly who it was. Yeah, in their first matchup, Rutgers won that seventy-five to sixty-seven. I believe that was at home um and then and then uh yeah just on Wednesday night Rutgers just Just awful shooting performance. They lose by nine. Michigan, I was surprised, was four and a half point favorites going into this game. They were eight and three at home. And of course, Rutgers just laid an absolute egg. So I believe for Rutgers, their next, uh, their final three games are going to be must win if they want to get into the tournament. I'm hoping something could shake out where they win these next three and they could get a double bye and get that fourth spot in the Big Ten and get that double buy going into the Big Ten tournament because that would really help um, their resume. But yeah, just ugly scene. Jawan Howard, this is not the first time. A lot of people were calling for his job. I don't know necessarily about that per se, but it's just, um, again, this is not the first offense. They're not the first time he's done this. He had to be held back, I believe, against maybe, was it Purdue or Michigan State last year? He tried to go, you know, be held back against Rutgers last year as well, I believe. So just a lot of ugliness in this game. And again, both guys were in the wrong. Both guys should have apologized. Neither guy really did. And we'll see what happens if these two meet again. Okay, back to the NBA and Chris Paul. Unfortunately, Chris Paul is out, is going to be out the next six to eight weeks. The Suns point guard has a broken right thumb. It happened literally the last game before the All-Star break um, on last Wednesday night, I believe. Uh, The team announced this Sunday he will miss the next six to eight weeks. It's definitely a big loss for the Suns. They hold the NBA's best record. Um, they've won 18 of their last 19 games. I think that's now 19 of 20. I think they just won their first game back from the all-star break. It's, uh, tough for Chris Paul because again, he's one of those guys who has had an illustrious career, but has not been able to win a title. And, you know, he seems to always get hurt at the worst time for his teams. Oh, I did not realize this. Chris Paul hurt himself right before the all-star game, uh, all-star break, and he actually still played in the all-star game. Wow. Okay. Um, so did he hurt himself during the all-star game or did it make it? I don't know. That's that. Sorry. That's a weird one. That is a very weird one. Anyway, next up to the weirdest of them all is Aaron Rodgers, the intellectual, the the guy that, that just anytime he speaks, he, he's just he he's a level above us all and, and he's a philo- he's a philosophizer, right? Um he's the smartest man in the room, or he wants everyone to believe so. He thinks he should have been the host of Jeopardy. And is he gonna retire? Is he gonna come back to Green Bay, this love-hate relationship? Well, cue the Instagram where Aaron Rodgers on, I don't know, someday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was, when you know, Tuesday maybe had this weird post where he's like very reflective and he's talking about his ex fiance and his couple of Packers teammates. And I think he posted a photo from a game in which I think he had COVID. And it was, um it was Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. And it was, you know, the space was, there was nobody in between them because that's the spot where normally Aaron Rodgers stands. And there was kind of people saying, oh, is this a farewell? Is he leaving? Is he retiring? Is he going somewhere else? Well, then... He goes on the Pat McAfee show, and he explains that he was feeling grateful and reflecting upon coming out of a 12-day Panchakarma cleanse. Say what? What did, did I just speak English? No, yes, that is it's some ancient Indian um, thing, I believe it's called the Panchakarma 12-day cleanse. Okay, naturally, of course, everybody's wondering, WTF, wh- what the heck? I've never heard of Pancha Karma. Well, the best way to explain it is from what I heard, the guys explaining it on the Boomer and Geo show. So here's just a couple of minutes. Actually, I think it's more like three minutes. It's a little lengthy, but this pretty much breaks it down. And and these guys um, basically, yeah, they, they give you... They give you um, there's five steps. They go over what each of the five basically karmas are, or disciplines, or whatever you want to call them. So take a listen.
2: So, uh, so the panchakarma that Aaron Rodgers did is built on something called five karmas. Uh, number one, karma, vamanam, vamanam. Uh, it's induced vomiting that helps clear the upper gastro till the duodenum. And oh, part of the respiratory tract. So the fi- the first karma is you make yourself puke. That's the first thing that you do. What the stuff? second puking is is purgation. It's called uh, a virechanam. Uh, V-I-R-E-C-H-A-N-A-M. Virechanam. Virechanam. It's induced purgation that clears the lower gastro. From I know. The what, what,
1: what? Induced purgation. What,
2: what are we talking about? If it means like... You know, to sort of cleanse your bowels, and yes, with a colonoscopy. But I'm not 100 percent sure that that's the definition of yeah, that. Well, you just get a colonoscopy, doesn't that cleanse you? It, it does. does. Sure, absolutely. Just get that. It's like a day and a half, and boom, you're done. All right, the third karma. Okay, is Anu Vasana, which is an oil enema. Anu, Vasama. Yep, yeah. yeah. that sounds like an enema. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's an Anu uh, So it's an oil enema that helps lubricate the rectal area and take out all the lipid soluble waste through the anus. So that's the third karma. So now we have... We yeah, have Mar-Lax doing that. We, we, have, we have puked, we have purgated, yes. and now we are... Pooping. We are pooping through the oil enema method. The, the fourth karma is nasyam. Nasyam which is a nasal installation of medicated substances that help clears the respiratory tract and paranasal nasal sinuses. I've heard that this is clarified butter that you shove up your nose. All, All right, well,
1: maybe this is why he thought that he was uh, immunized. Yeah, immunized. You're
2: <laughs> shoving this up his nose. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and uh, the last one is a uh a stop a bossy. and
1: stop avasi. All right. Let me see. A stop in a bossy. What haven't we put in our body in
2: the orifice? is this have some This is another it? enema. It's a different oh, it's enema. Another. Enema. It's this is the How second. How much more do you have left? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've been throwing up.
1: You've been pooping. You've been stuffing, shoving, shoving stuff up your nose. And now, you, now you're going to go <laughs>
2: enema again. Yeah. Another enema to, to put the cherry on top. The caution enema that that cleanses the area from the transverse colon to the anus. So we've got everything from a duodenum Duodenum to the
1: transverse colon of the anus. Yeah, that's right. To uh, the actual sphincter
2: yeah to the end the stomach is involved of course as well so clear also-
1: toxins from the entire system heal digestive system enhanced immunity decreased stress anti-aging improved skin luster weight loss if you're overweight deep relaxation <laughs> meditative uh, outlook on life yes and enhance mindfulness Whoa, well look at that amazing I mean, that's everything that goes on with this 12-day panchakarma cleanse yeah
0: that's everything you could not pay me enough money to do that i mean this just think about just think about what you just heard this is a supposed intellectual somebody that has a lot of brain cells that's supposed to be real smart and he is putting his body through a purgation and basically crapping and, and throwing up and putting stuffing ghee clarified butter up his nose and, and, and oh my god if some imagine if you're your buddy or, you know you're like hey man you want you want to hang out this weekend oh no no i'm starting my panchakarma cleanse i you know my 12 day cleanse where i'm just going to be you know throwing up vomiting and, and crapping my brains out for 12 days it's going to be great and by the time i come out of this i'm going to feel amazing I mean, what? It's so beyond asinine. And they joke that they think maybe he's back with Shailene Woodley and these Hollywood elitists and these these weird, you know, uh, California types. This is what they do, man. And I just whoa. And and I mean, I I, just Tom Brady just retired won seven Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers has won one. You think Tom Brady's ever done the Panchakarma cleanse? Absolutely not. Tom Brady's on the TB12 method. So maybe Aaron, instead of wasting 12 days dist- like just in-, in agonizing pain, it sounds like somebody that's going through literally drug withdrawal. That's what this thing sounds like. Y- you're crapping and throwing up and miserable and-, and losing weight. That's somebody that's going through drug withdrawal. That's exactly what that is. So why put your body through that when you could just get yourself on the TB12 method and eat clean and, and just talk talk to Tom Brady and, and see uh, how he lasted. All those years in the NFL and for all we know, could 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 actually be coming back. So that this has been Aaron Rodgers all week, all over the internet. That's all anybody's talking about. Pancha Karma, where he's going, is he retiring? And again, still he talked about this pancha karma cleanse, and he has still yet to reveal a decision whether he's going back to Green Bay or not. So who the hell knows? More attention on Aaron Rodgers, just like he likes it. And Next up, the Brooklyn Nets have signed free agent veteran guard Goran Dragic. Um, the addition, obviously, they lost James Harden in that trade, so that will shore up some extra guard depth. We we all know Kyrie Irving is only able to play in road games, although the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, did say the, the uh, vaccine mandate will be lifted in the coming Days, weeks, et cetera, it hasn't been lifted as of yet. He said this a few days ago. So all signs are pointing to Kyrie Irving winning his battle against the COVID vaccine mandate because by the time the playoffs come and meaningful games come, the Nets will have Kyrie Irving in the playoffs should they make it. Right now, they're in the eighth spot. They're like three and a half back of the sixth seed. They got smoked against Boston again on Friday, or excuse me, on Friday, um, on Thursday. And they will play the Milwaukee Bucks tonight on ESPN at 8.00. That should be another loss, unfortunately, Um, but it's a good signing for the Nets. Uh, Dragic should be available today, according to Steve Nash, to make his debut. And then as far as Kevin Durant goes, he did give an update. Kevin Durant will be back next week. So that is a huge lift for the Brooklyn Nets. They get Durant back. I don't see any reason why they can't make a move and get up to the sixth spot at least. Um, Unfortunately, there's still no news on Joe Harris. And each day that goes by, it's looking worse and worse, in my opinion, because here's the deal. Derrick Rose, um, they just played the Miami Heat last night. So Friday night. The day before, Derrick Rose Thursday was coming has been coming back. He's been out for weeks uh, from this ankle surgery. Derrick Rose practiced in full. And then all of a sudden yesterday... He was ruled out and yet now needs another ankle surgery. So something's going on with these ankles. They're not healing right. It must be these complicated things. And, and you know, when when you play basketball, you're on your feet. That's all you do. You're running around. You're cutting. You're jumping. You know, you're rolling ankles you need your feet more than any other sport, really. Um, I mean, every sport you need your feet, but you're on your feet longer in in this sport than any pretty much. So, uh, yeah, Derrick Rose now pretty much done for the year. Um, so we don't know the history or, or what's going on with Joe Harris. This This is not a good sign. But they have Seth Curry. They have other guys. They could win a championship without Joe Harris, but I would like to see Joe Harris get back. So we'll see. All right. Next up, Phil Mickelson is in some deep doo doo, got himself in hot water, opened up his mouth and now has really um, hurt himself. So here's the deal. There's this Saudi Arabian or Saudi league golf league that they're trying to start up that is going to basically they're trying to compete with the PGA. Okay, great. Well, this is what Phil Mickelson was quoted as saying as an as nice a guy as PGA Tour commissioner Jay Monahan comes across as unless you have leverage he won't do what's right and the saudi money has finally given us that leverage so basically what is Phil Mickelson saying he's saying he'd be willing to overlook saudi arabia's sport washing and horrendous human rights record to gain economic leverage over the PGA tour. So what he's saying is, oh, Saudi Arabia, if, if they're killing people, I'll look the other way because they're going to pay me more than the PGA will pay me. Shortly after this statement was released, uh, well, now, according to Phil Mickelson, he did not believe that this was on the record. So some Donald Trump locker room talk, perhaps. So shortly after this statement was then released, released by The Fire Pit. I don't know exactly who that publication is or website or whatever. They released it. KPMJ, one of Mickelson's longtime sponsors, and eh, they severed ties with Mickelson. Bye-bye. Furthermore, Workday dropped its sponsorship with Mickelson, while Callaway, which is the most obvious uh, sponsorship that he has, they have paused their relationship with Phil Mickelson. Uh, They did say, though, they do reserve the right to revisit the partnership in the future. Look, we saw this with Tiger Woods when all the stuff came out with his sex addiction and yada, yada, yada with his wife, Ellen Nordegrand and blah, blah, blah. He got those sponsorships back. Um, Mickelson will probably as well. He then issued an apology saying his comments were reckless and that he will be taking time away to prioritize the ones he loves most and to work on himself. but, but like I said, he he also uh, made the comment that he thought it was off the record. So that does not make it okay, though. But he got caught. He said some stuff. He didn't think it was going to go anywhere and that he wasn't being recorded or that it wasn't going to, uh, you know, make the rounds. And, oh, it, it, it was released. And now he's basically taking time off from golf. This has been such a firestorm, though, that actual PGA Tour players, some that have even been linked to to this um, Saudi league, have all had to come out. The top players, uh, McElroy, Rory McElroy ripped into Mickelson about this, by the way. And then some other players, All they all pledged their allegiance to the PGA Tour. So, uh, yeah, the this Saudi league is in some deep trouble now. Good luck getting things off the ground now. All right, next up, let's talk some interesting news in the NFL. And we're not talking NFL players. We're talking broadcasters. Troy Aikman is nearing a deal to leave Fox for, excuse me, for ESPN's Monday Night Football. I'm almost certain that this deal is done. Um, Of course, this is all about the money. Aikman has had his eyes set on leaving Fox since Romo's historic deal with CBS. From what I'm hearing, Aikman could stand to make about 17.5 mil a year with ESPN. This is the most money that he'll have ever made in a year. The most he ever made while playing was $16 So he's making more as a broadcaster than he ever made as a player. Imagine that. Now, the question will become, who are they going to pair Aikman with for Monday Night Football? Well, as much as everybody loves Steve Levy, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to be Steve Levy or the other two um, that were on the Monday Night Football cast. So who does that leave? Well, ESPN could also try to go after Troy Aikman's longtime partner at Fox, one Joe Buck. However, however, Joe Buck's contract at Fox is not up for another year. The other player in this could be Al Michaels. He's another candidate. He's set to leave uh, Sunday Night Football at NBC. Although Michaels has been linked to Amazon and their Thursday Night Football streaming package. So here's the deal Amazon has already hired Al Michaels' favored producer from NBC. So it's looking more and more like Al Michaels is going to end up going to Amazon for their Thursday night football streaming pa- package. Uh, so l- we'll see who 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 that leaves open for for uh, ESPN to pair with, with Troy Aikman. But uh, yeah, this is all a carousel of things. Then Fox has an opening now. So who's it going to be? Gus Johnson. You have Sean Payton. You have Greg Olson. You have all you know all these names. It's it's just going to be crazy. But I'm all here for it. Okay, Tom Brady, we just spoke about him, right? He has just recently retired. Well, we just found out this week that Tom Brady is going to be producing and starring in an upcoming movie for Paramount titled 84 Brady, which follows four Patriots fans played by Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno and Sally Field. They're all in their 70s. Jane Fonda, I think, is in her 80s. Sally Field's like 75. Rita Moreno was 90 years old. All right. So, wow. Um, But anyway, these are four iconic female actresses uh, with Tom Brady. They go on a road trip to uh, the 2017 Super Bowl. Of course, that's the one in which Tom Brady and the Patriots came all the way back down 28 to three to beat the Falcons in overtime. This is based on a true story. So interesting to see how this happens. Like, how is Tom Brady? He's not playing himself, is he? Or maybe he, uh, I don't know. It's weird, but uh, I'll probably watch it. Next up, DeMar DeRozan continued his streak of 35-plus points on 50% or greater from the field, going for 37 on 15 of 21, shooting in a 112-108 win over the Atlanta Hawks on Thursday night. It was his eighth straight game. Remember, back on, I think, February 16th, 10 days ago, DeMar DeRozan broke, uh, broke the record of six straight with his seventh straight 35 plus on 50% shooting. He now has eight straight of those games. Let's see if he can continue that feat. I think the bulls play again tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I haven't even gotten back into the whole like NBA thing since the All-Star break. Uh, Let's see, check my fantasy team. Yes, they play Memphis tonight at 8 p.m. So let's see if DeMar DeRozan can go for his ninth straight 35-plus point game on 50% shooting. Also, DeRozan is the seventh player all-time with eight straight games of 35-plus points, and he is now second all-time in Bulls history behind Michael Jordan, who had, I believe, 10 straight 35-plus-point games. All right, I talked about it before. You've got Nets, Bucks tonight at 8 on ESPN. That should be a good game. Of course, college basketball going on pretty much all day. Rutgers, Wisconsin at 6. Rutgers has dropped two games in a row after that Illinois game, and then the Purdue loss. They had won four straight against ranked teams. Then they lost by 12 at Purdue. Didn't really get many calls. They just missed out. They were the second team just behind Michigan State. They received a bunch of votes for the top 25, so they were in their 27th spot. But then they went to Michigan, had a bad loss. Now they're back home against Wisconsin. We already beat Wisconsin on the road. But currently, because Purdue just lost uh, about an hour ago to Michigan State by three, the Badgers are now atop the Big Ten standings in first place. So this would be beautiful if if Rutgers can knock them off that pedestal, knock them off the top of those standings, and um, you know, get back up there. Because yeah, Rutgers is tied right now with Michigan State and Iowa, um, at ten and seven for basically that fifth spot in the conference. And we beat both of those teams. So if things shake up, you know. Hopefully, right. We also beat Ohio State. Um, if they could lose a couple games, then Rutgers could could you know bounce back in there and get that fourth spot. Um, so you know they need these wins. Every win counts. We're we're almost at tournament time uh, with the uh, conference tournaments, and then of course March Madness is right around the corner. You know Monday is the last day of the month, a- and then we're on to March. So uh, should be interesting. We've also. Um, We've also got Gonzaga, St. Mary's tonight. If there's a game to see, it is this one. Um, You've got Gonzaga, number 23, St. Mary's. Gonzaga usually wins these games, but if there's anybody that's going to beat Gonzaga, it is uh, St. Mary's. And then, of course, we've got the Honda Classic. Last I checked, Daniel Berger was leading that at 11 under. Let's just jump in, check the updated standings. Yes, Daniel Berger is 11 under. Chris Kirk, 7 under. Shane Lowry, Lee Hodges, and Kurt Kitayama. This guy, Kurt, are all at 6 under. This guy, Kurt Kitayama, it, it was like ranked in the 200s, like 248th in the world ranking. And he was he was winning a couple days ago, I believe. So, uh, yeah, really, really Interesting. Um, Berger sort of running away with that. We'll see how it finishes up tomorrow, but he's your leader at 11 under. And then finally, on this date in sports, we've got February 26, 1987. Minute Bowl posts 10 points, a career high 19 rebounds, and a career high tying 15 blocks for his only career triple-double, and to make him the first player with multiple 15-block games. Oh, my God. 15 blocks in a game. I have never in my life heard of anything. This is staggering. I don't even know. There's no way this is. Has, this really, has anyone ever done this in my lifetime? There's no way. 15 blocks? I don't think. Sh- well, I mean, there's Yao Ming, there's Shaq, but. I don't know if even them, they have ever done it. Um, of course, Manute Bowl, you've heard that name because his son is Bull Bowl, who is in this league. Um, he got traded a bunch during the trade deadline, I think. I don't remember where he's at now. But he was with Denver, uh, Celtics maybe. Um, you've got some good games on right now. You've got Kentucky and Arkansas. Arkansas is one of those just surging teams. It, it's... the this has been a great game all day long, um, 65-63 with about four and a half minutes to go. I'm going to finish this podcast up and go watch that. Um, yeah, th- this is the time of the year. College basketball, if you haven't been watching it because of football, now's the time to tune in. You're going to want to watch. And then finally, last but not least, before I f- wrap this thing up, I wanted to bring this up. Ian O'Connor's new book about Coach K That came out, I think, Tuesday of this week. I started reading it. I think I read the first two chapters or so, um, and I can't really put it down. It's been that good. Um, I got up to the point, basically, where Coach K, when he was was young, living in Chicago, he had an offer to go to Army and play at Army, and he wanted nothing to do with the Army. And guess who the coach was? It was a young 24-year-old Bobby Knight. And eventually, his family and everybody convinced him. Um, to go and play for Army, and you know, I, I continue from there. But really, really good. The first chapter was just—it was a bit of a tearjerker. Um, talks about one of his former players at Army, uh, Coach Case, former players at Army, who. Um, ended up dying of cancer a number of years ago, still keeps in touch with the family. Um, it's just, re- you know, remarkable, just shows you the character and the type of person Coach K is. But anyway, if you um, have a chance to read that book, it just came out this week. Please uh, do so and read that book because it's, it, we're talking a legendary coach, most wins ever in college basketball. And it's just a phenomenal read. Shows you the inner ins and outs of 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 Coach K, the man. So anyway, that's gonna wrap things up, guys. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Um, like I said, a couple days left, and before you know it, we'll be in March, and March Madness just a few weeks away from there. So, uh, I look forward to talking to you guys. Of course, tomorrow I believe is this so- sort of soft deadline for these uh, the MLB lockout. Um, they've been meeting in Jupiter each and every day they're starting to progress a little bit and get closer and closer. And hopefully by tomorrow or the next couple of days, we can get something in place. I do expect some games to be canceled. I really hope that's not the case. Um, But at at this point, I, I really don't see another option. Spring training hasn't started yet. I mean, they've, they've, Drop games from there. So, um, you know, just keep an eye on that. I don't have any really more information on that except, you know, I'm keeping, keeping an eye on your Jeff Passens and I'm listening to Michael K each and every day and they're talking and these guys are negotiating and you know, they're spending time together in Jupiter now in, you know, face to face, not over zoom. So that's a little bit better, but, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have some news by next week's episode and we'll get baseball back because we need it. Uh, With that being said, guys, again, enjoy your weekend um, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. This is The Pody signing off.